Hey, Bible, y'all. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Bible Y'all podcast for Friday, February 9th. Happy Chocolate Day, which is day three of Valentine's Week, which is when you're supposed to give chocolate to that girl you like and not hoard it all for yourself, which is what I do on all the other days. For me, every day is Chocolate Day, so I just call it day. And listen, fellas, maybe y'all ain't caught on, but there's going to be one of these every day till the 14th. So if there's some girl you've been scared to talk to, try doing something for her something understated, not creepy or desperate, for each of these holidays, and who knows, maybe you'll get that date. It could happen. Valentine's week is cool. Not like the 12 days of Christmas. Don't ever try to pull that one off. You'll never make it. First of all, it's way too many birds. 23 of them to be exact, and most of them are pretty big. And I don't know if you've ever been around swans or geese, but they don't get along with anybody, and they make a huge, disgusting mess. It's just as likely that your girl gets severely injured or catches histoplasmosis as it is she gets impressed by your creativity. And don't get me started on the implications of all them leaping lords. Today is also National Cut the Cord Day, which was founded a few years ago by Sling TV streaming service. And the idea is to get rid of cable and pay Sling instead. I say don't pay either one of them and just quit TV altogether. When TV went digital in 09, me and the squaw threw ours out and ain't had one since, until I bought this computer monitor five years ago. And breaking that addiction was not at all easy. But I'm telling you, if you fast from TV for a while, and then go back and look at that new fall lineup or the latest MCU childishness, see if you ain't ashamed of how much of your life you wasted sitting on the sofa staring straight ahead for hours at a time. Our reading for today is Exodus 29.1 through 30.10. Matthew 26, 14 through 46, Psalm 31, 19 through 24, and Proverbs 8, 14 through 26. So if y'all are ready, you might could save some money by only buying one cow and having them eight maids of milk and just rotate shifts. But darn, even one cow's a lot of cow to contend with. But before we get to the reading, let's me and the squaw do a review of yesterday's study. Okay, so yesterday on the 8th in the Old Testament, we read Exodus 28, 1-43. And in this section, God puts Moses' brother Aaron and his four sons in charge of the priesthood. Everything that goes on inside that tabernacle and later the temple, from now on, is their responsibility. And it'll be the responsibility of Aaron's family forever, what they call the Aaronic priesthood. Sometimes you'll hear the phrase Levitical priesthood, and they kind of mean the same thing because Moses and Aaron were Levites, and the tribe of Levi was responsible for the business of the tabernacle. All priests had to be Levites. But within that tribe, only Aaron and his sons could hold the office of the priest, and only the firstborn could be high priest. And most of this chapter is about their priestly uniforms. And these are the garments which they shall make, a breastplate, which is just like it sounds, a metal piece that hangs over the chest, an ephod, which nobody's exactly sure what that looked like, other than it's some kind of linen coat or cloak only worn by the priest, in the Strongs, it's called a shoulder cape. And then there's a robe, which is what it sounds like, except a robe implies rank. And then a broidered coat, which means it was woven in such a way as to be checkered. And a mitre, which is like a turban, priestly headgear. And a girdle, which in the Hebrew is more of a sash than what you're thinking. And all that will be very fancy, with gold and blue and purple, scarlet and fine twine linen, with cunning work and onyx stones with the names of the children of Israel carved in them. 
and twelve precious stones in the breastplate representing the tribes. And verse 30 says, And thou shalt put in the breastplate of judgment the Urim and the Thummim, and they shall be upon Aaron's heart when he goeth in before the Lord. And Aaron shall bear the judgment of the children of Israel upon his heart before the Lord continually. And Urim and Thummim mean the light and the truth, or the light and perfection. And according to the Strong's, the Urim were stones in a pouch on the high priest's breastplate, and they were used in determining God's decision in certain questions and issues. And the Thummim were also stones used for the same purposes, and they were used together. It's kind of like drawing straws. It's not really gambling. It's more like drawing lots. And his garment will have a binding of woven work around the whole of it, as it were the whole of a haberjan, that it not be rent. And in the Strong's, it's not haberjan, it's corselet. But they're the same thing. It's like a coat of chain mail. They were to weave the collar like that so it wouldn't tear. And beneath, upon the hem of it, thou shalt make pomegranates round about the hem thereof, and bells of gold between them round about. Bells of gold so they could hear the priest walking around in the Holy of Holies. Because nobody was allowed in there but him, and only after his own purification ritual. And if the people outside didn't hear the bells, they know he did the ritual wrong and died. And they put a plate of gold on the front of the turban on Aaron's forehead, that Aaron may bear the iniquity of the holy things, which the children of Israel shall hallow in their holy gifts. Now notice how that's worded. The holy gifts that the people brought to the tabernacle were still apparently iniquitous. And that iniquity had to be borne by somebody, and Aaron drew that duty. The iniquity of the holy things is a weird concept. But remember what we said yesterday. Nothing is perfect. Not anymore. Not people or matter. So it's up to the priest to take care of that. And the definition of a priest is somebody who mediates between you and God, and he bears our iniquity before him for us. Both of which are things that Christ does for us now. Which is why in Christianity, we don't have priests. When Christ died, he bore all our sin for all time, so we don't need a priesthood for that. And when he ascended to the right hand of the Father, he took on the job of mediator, so we don't need a priest for that either. Nor do you need to continue to pay penance for your sins, because Jesus already did once and for all. Restitution maybe, but not penance. Unless you don't want his atonement, then by all means knock yourself out. And I realize I just spun the Catholics up with all that. But, hey, I didn't write this thing. I'm just reading what it says. Because remember, Catholicism and Methodism and Pentecostalism and Presbyterianism and Baptism and even non-denominationalism, those are all religions, which Christianity is not. They're all religious denominations of the Christian faith, but they're not Christianity. They're not mutually exclusive, but they're not the same. You can be a member of any of those religions and not be a Christian. Likewise, you can be a Christian and not be a member of any religion, if you put your faith in Christ and at least make an effort to do what he says. And I read an article about 25 years ago, I think it was from the Barna Group, but I might be wrong, that said only about 6% of self-professed Christians in America actually believe the Bible, and only 50% of pastors. So, statistically, half of y'all got a pastor who don't really believe what he's saying on Sunday. And I find that horrifying. But it does explain a lot about the state of our country right now, don't it? Anyway, that's as far as we read. I was thinking about the parables we read yesterday, the ten virgins and the three servants. Fifty percent didn't make it. And a third hid what they were given. And then we also know that Jesus is going to say to some of us, I never knew you. All this is very sobering. 
We need to stay close to Jesus to really know him. And I don't think we can know him apart from his word. And then in the New Testament, we read Matthew 25, 31 through 26, 13. And Jesus is still giving out prophecy. He says, When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory, which I'm pretty sure means the throne of David during the thousand-year reign. And he'll separate the sheep from the goats, which is the believers from the non-believers, which it's hard to imagine there'll be any non-believers once he comes back. But I know some folks who, if Jesus comes back and tells them to their face that he loves them, that would only make them hate him more. Some folks just want to be damned. And check this out. The way you tell the difference between sheep and goats is the sheep are the ones who take care of the poor and needy and sick and stuff, and the goats don't. He says that's the exact same thing as taking care of him, which makes me think he's referring to the poor within the church and not necessarily the poor in general, but I don't really think that. Either way, just be safe and help everybody. But what I'm struck by the most is that neither of these groups realized that's what they were doing at the time. That blows my mind. It sounds like as we go through our daily lives, stuff we don't even think about is way more important than we realize. And like the squaw said a second ago when she stole my line, that's sobering. (laughs) Anyway, in chapter 26, Jesus tells him again that Passover is in two days and that's when he's going to be betrayed and crucified. Because Passover lamb and all. And while he was telling him that, the chief priests and the scribes and the elders of the people were all conspiring with the high priest, who was called Caiaphas, how they might take Jesus by subtlety and kill him. And they decided not to do it on Passover because they feared that crowd that was always trailing behind him. And then we cut to Bethany, to Simon the leper's house. Literally Simon who had been a leper, because he ain't no more. And I'll let y'all guess why. And while he's there, there came to him a woman, who we know from John 12 was Mary the sister of Lazarus and Martha. And she took this box of precious ointment, and poured it on his head. John said she poured it on his feet, but I'm sure it was both because of what she was doing. And the disciples felt this was wasteful, except really just Judas, because he was greedy and would have rather sold it and given the money to the poor. Less his cut, of course. And Jesus is like, leave her alone. She poured that on me to anoint me for my burial. She understands me better than any of y'all. And I'm going to see to it from now on, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, they're going to talk about what this woman did. And that's where we stopped reading. Mm. So we don't know if we are sheep or goats. Eve didn't know who she was either. And just today, a co-worker encouraged me to see how the Lord impacts people through me to stop looking in the mirror, but step out of that tight circle and see the big picture, see the evidence of him in my life and our life which is exactly what I was asking him for again today, just this morning before going to work. Am I doing anything of eternal value? And in Psalms, we read Psalm 31, 9 through 18. And David followed his pattern yesterday, but he ain't done. And he starts over by saying, Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. For my life is spent with grief and my years with sighing, which I hear you. And he just kind of goes on like that till verse 14 when he switches from lamentation to faith. He says, But I trusted in thee, O Lord. I said, Thou art my God. My times are in thy hand. Which is a great verse. Take a sharpie and write that on a piece of duct tape and stick it to your TV so you can remember that next time you watch the news. And also, quit watching the news. (laughs) It's all lies. Even the stuff they say that's true is supporting some other lie somewhere else. 
And he says, let the lying lips be put to silence, which speak grievous things proudly and contemptuously against the righteous and stick that piece of tape right next to the other one. But that's as far as we got. Yeah, that's good advice. That TV and other forms of entertainment will put words in our mouth if we let it. The world's always trying to conform us to its model of steal, kill, and destroy. And we cannot afford to take the bait. Time is too short. And then in Proverbs, we read Proverbs 8, 12, and 13. And that says, I, wisdom, dwell with prudence and find out knowledge of witty inventions. And a better translation of that might be, I, wisdom, dwell with shrewdness, and I find knowledge and purpose. And he says, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, and pride and arrogancy and the evil way, and the froward mouth do I hate. And he's already said, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And fear is better translated respect, reverence, or piety. The idea is not to be horrified by God, but to love him so much it'd break your heart to hurt his feelings. Witty invention. And the Young's Literal Translation says, knowledge of devices. And I've heard messages, even with testimonies, that indicated God has given witty inventions and knowledge of devices to lost people because they listen better than his people. He could have given the same things to believers. And the safest way to stay tight with the Lord is to hate what he hates and love who he loves. But that's the end of our review of yesterday's study. Thanks for your help, babe. Our reading in the Old Testament for February 9th is Exodus 29.1-30.10. And this is the thing that thou shalt do unto them to hallow them, to minister unto me in the priest's office. Take one young bullock and two rams without blemish, and unleavened bread, and cakes unleavened tempered with oil, and wafers unleavened anointed with oil, of wheat and flour shalt thou make them. And thou shalt put them into one basket, and bring them in the basket with the bullock and the two rams. And Aaron and his sons thou shalt bring unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and shalt wash them with water. And thou shalt take the garments, and put upon Aaron the coat, and the robe of the ephod, and the ephod, and the breastplate, and gird him with the curious girdle of the ephod. And thou shalt put the mitre upon his head, and put the holy crown upon the mitre. Then shalt thou take the anointing oil, and pour it upon his head, and anoint him. And thou shalt bring his sons, and put coats upon them and thou shalt gird them with girdles, Aaron and his sons, and put the bonnets on them, and the priest's office shall be theirs for a perpetual statute, and thou shalt consecrate Aaron and his sons, and thou shalt cause a bullock to be brought before the tabernacle of the congregation, and Aaron and his sons shall put their hands upon the head of the bullock, and thou shalt kill the bullock before the Lord, by the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and thou shalt take of the blood of the bullock, and put it upon the horns of the altar with thy finger, and pour all the blood beside the bottom of the altar. And thou shalt take all the fat that covereth the inwards, and the caul that is above the liver, and the two kidneys, and the fat that is upon them, and burn them upon the altar. But the flesh of the bullock, and his skin, and his dung, shalt thou burn with fire without the camp. It is a sin offering. Thou shalt also take one ram, and Aaron and his sons shall put their hands upon the head of the ram. And thou shalt slay the ram, and thou shalt take his blood, and sprinkle it round about upon the altar. And thou shalt cut the ram in pieces, and wash the inwards of him, and his legs, and put them unto his pieces, and unto his head. And thou shalt burn the whole ram upon the altar. It is a burnt offering unto the Lord. It is a sweet savor, an offering made by fire unto the Lord. And thou shalt take the other ram, and Aaron and his sons shall put their hands upon the head of the ram. And thou shalt take the other ram, and Aaron and his sons shall put their hands upon the head of the ram. 
Then shalt thou kill the ram, and take of his blood, and put it upon the tip of the right ear of Aaron, and upon the tip of the right ear of his sons, and upon the thumb of their right hand, and upon the great toe of their right foot, and sprinkle the blood upon the altar round about. And thou shalt take of the blood that is upon the altar, and of the anointing oil, and sprinkle it upon Aaron, and upon his garments, and upon his sons, and upon the garments of his sons with him. And he shall be hallowed, and his garments, and his sons, and his sons' garments with him. Also thou shalt take of the ram the fat and the rump, and the fat that covereth the inwards, and the caul above the liver, and the two kidneys, and the fat that is upon them, and the right shoulder, for it is a ram of consecration, and one loaf of bread, and one cake of oiled bread, and one wafer out of the basket of the unleavened bread that is before the Lord. And thou shalt put all in the hands of Aaron, and in the hands of his sons, and shalt wave them for a wave offering before the Lord. And thou shalt receive them of their hands, and burn them upon the altar for a burnt offering, for a sweet savor before the Lord. It is an offering made by fire unto the Lord. And thou shalt take the breast of the ram of Aaron's consecration, and wave it for a wave offering before the Lord, and it shall be thy part. And thou shalt sanctify the breast of the wave offering, and the shoulder of the heave offering, which is waved, and which is heaved up, of the ram of the consecration, even of that which is for Aaron, and of that which is for his sons. And it shall be Aaron's and his sons by a statute for ever from the children of Israel, for it is an heave offering, and it shall be an heave offering from the children of Israel, of the sacrifice of their peace offerings, even their heave offering unto the Lord. And the holy garments of Aaron shall be his sons after him, to be anointed therein, and to be consecrated in them. And that son that is priest in his stead shall put them on seven days, when he cometh into the tabernacle of the congregation to minister in the holy place. And thou shalt take the ram of the consecration and seethe his flesh in the holy place. And Aaron and his sons shall eat the flesh of the ram and the bread that is in the basket by the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And they shall eat those things wherewith the atonement was made, to consecrate and to sanctify them. But a stranger shall not eat thereof, because they are holy. And if aught of the flesh of the consecrations, or of the bread, remain unto the morning, then thou shalt burn the remainder with fire. It shall not be eaten, because it is holy. And thus shalt thou do unto Aaron, and to his sons, according to all things which I have commanded thee. Seven days shalt thou consecrate them, and thou shalt offer every day a bullock for a sin offering for atonement, and thou shalt cleanse the altar when thou hast made an atonement for it, and thou shalt anoint it to sanctify it. Seven days thou shalt make an atonement for the altar, and sanctify it, and it shall be an altar most holy. Whatsoever toucheth the altar shall be holy. Now this is that which thou shalt offer upon the altar, two lambs of the first year, day by day continually. The one lamb thou shalt offer in the morning, and the other lamb thou shalt offer at even. And with the one lamb a tenth deal of flour mingled with the fourth part of an hen of beaten oil, and the fourth part of an hen of wine for a drink offering. And the other lamb thou shalt offer at even, and shalt do thereto according to the meat offering of the morning, and according to the drink offering thereof, for a sweet savor, an offering made by fire unto the Lord. This shall be a continual burnt offering throughout your generations at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation before the Lord where I will meet you to speak there unto thee. And there I will meet with the children of Israel, and the tabernacle shall be sanctified by my glory. And I will sanctify the tabernacle of the congregation and the altar. I will sanctify also both Aaron and his sons to minister to me in the priest's office. And I will dwell among the children of Israel, and will be their God. And they shall know that I am the Lord their God, 
that brought them forth out of the land of Egypt, that I may dwell among them. I am the Lord their God. Chapter 30 And thou shalt make an altar to burn incense upon. Of shittim wood shalt thou make it. A cubit shall be the length thereof, and a cubit the breadth thereof. Four square shall it be, and two cubits shall be the height thereof. The horns thereof shall be of the same, and thou shalt overlay it with pure gold, the top thereof and the sides thereof round about, and the horns thereof. And thou shalt make unto it a crown of gold round about, and two golden rings shalt thou make to it under the crown of it. By the two corners thereof, upon the two sides of it, shalt thou make it. And they shall be for places, for the staves to bear it withal. And thou shalt make the staves of shittim wood, and overlay them with gold. And thou shalt put it before the veil that is by the ark of the testimony, before the mercy seat that is over the testimony, where I will meet with thee. And Aaron shall burn thereon sweet incense every morning, when he dresseth the lamps, he shall burn incense upon it. And when Aaron lighteth the lamps at even, he shall burn incense upon it, a perpetual incense before the Lord throughout your generations. Ye shall offer no strange incense thereon, nor burnt sacrifice, nor meat offering, neither shall ye pour drink offering thereon. And Aaron shall make an atonement upon the horns of it once in a year with the blood of the sin offering of atonements. Once in the year shall he make atonement upon it throughout your generations. It is most holy unto the Lord. And our reading in the New Testament for February 9th is Matthew 26, 14-46. Then one of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went unto the chief priests, and said unto them, What will ye give me, and I will deliver him unto you? And they covenanted with him for thirty pieces of silver. And from that time he sought opportunity to betray him. Now the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Jesus, saying unto him, Where wilt thou that we prepare for thee to eat the Passover? And he said, Go into the city to such and such a man, and say unto him, The master saith, My time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at thy house with my disciples. And the disciples did as Jesus had appointed them, and they made ready the Passover. Now when the even was come, he sat down with the twelve. And as they did eat, he said, Verily I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. And they were exceeding sorrowful, and began every one of them to say unto him, Lord, is it I? And he answered and said, He that dippeth his hand with me in the dish, the same shall betray me. The Son of Man goeth as it is written of him. But woe unto that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It had been good for that man if he had not been born. Then Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, is it I? He said unto him, Thou hast said. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it, and brake it, and gave it to the disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And when they had sung in him, they went out into the Mount of Olives. Then saith Jesus unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, that this night, before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise also said all the disciples. 
Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here, and watch with me. And he went a little further, and fell on his face, and prayed, saying, O my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto the disciples, and findeth them asleep, and saith unto Peter, What, could ye not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again the second time, and prayed, saying, O my father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them, and went away again, and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then cometh he to his disciples, and saith unto them, Sleep on now, and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth betray me. And our reading in Psalms for February 9th is Psalm 31, 19-24. O oh, how great is thy goodness, which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee, which thou hast wrought for them that trust in thee before the sons of men. Thou shalt hide them in the secret of thy presence from the pride of man. Thou shalt keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. Blessed be the Lord, for he hath shewed me his marvelous kindness in a strong city. For I said in my haste, I am cut off from before thine eyes. Nevertheless, thou heardest the voice of my supplications when I cried unto thee. O love the Lord, all ye his saints. For the Lord preserveth the faithful, and plentifully rewardeth the proud doer. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart, all ye that hope in the Lord. And our reading in Proverbs for February 9th is Proverbs eight fourteen through 26 Counsel is mine, and sound wisdom. I am understanding, I have strength. By me kings reign, and princes decree justice. By me princes rule, and nobles, even all the judges of the earth. I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. Riches and honor are with me, yea, durable riches and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, yea, than fine gold, and my revenue than choice silver. I lead in the way of righteousness, in the midst of the paths of judgment, that I may cause those that love me to inherit substance and I will fill their treasures. The Lord possessed me in the beginning of his way, before his works of old. I was set up from everlasting from the beginning, or ever the earth was. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains abounding with water, before the mountains were settled, before the hills was I brought forth. While as yet he had not made the earth, nor the fields, nor the highest part of the dust of the world. And that'll do it for the ninth. Okay, y'all. Let's do our 30-second meditation. Today's prayer is about Jeremiah 18.6, which says, Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in mine hand. So hit the 30-second back button on your podcast player a few times and meditate with me for a little while on God's authority, for prayer is the heavy artillery in the armor of God. So if you're ready, let's go. Father God, you showed the prophet Jeremiah that just as the potter works his clay, and if he's not satisfied with the result, it's his right and power to destroy and remake his creation. And like the potter, as the maker and molder of your children, it's your authority to shape, break down, and reshape us as you please. Lord, we thank you for lovingly molding your people into a vessel that you are proud to display. 
and ask for a heart to do your will sooner rather than later. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, that's all the Bible yawling I got for you tonight. Thank you, Father, for letting us study your word and for the gift of salvation through your son, Jesus Christ. Please bless and keep everybody listening and let this podcast be helpful to them. Amen. You can find us on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Google CastBox, and Facebook. If you like Bible Y'all and you want to support it, best thing y'all can do is to pray for me and Bible Y'all Squall and all our friends and family. And if you got any prayer requests, email them to BibleYallPodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, just go on out and try to make the world a better place. And if you can't make things any better, just try not to make them any worse. Thanks, everybody, and God bless y'all. Hey, Bible, y'all. And then the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, and arrogancy, and evil. Okay, okay. And it says, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, which is pride, arrogancy, and the froward mouth do I hate. I messed that up. Badly. <laughs>